Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are tuned in to Calvary Live. So glad that you are joining us for this next hour. Welcome, everyone. So blessed to be with you today. My name is Jeff Figgs. I will be your host taking your questions and your prayer requests. I have the privilege of pastoring Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I have the privilege of being with you on Tuesdays and also on Fridays. So once again, I'm with you here to take your questions and your prayer requests, and that's what Calvary Live is all about. This is the opportunity. This is your show, uh, and you get to call in at 303-690-3000 to be on the air to ask your questions about perhaps uh, the Bible, maybe your reading, uh, your devotion, maybe uh, you heard a teaching has brought up some questions, and uh, I would like to take you to the Word of God to give you some clarity and understanding. And so now it's a great time to grab one of those open lines at 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. What a blessing it is to have a program where we can talk about Jesus, go to the Word of God, to be encouraged in the Scriptures, to be instructed, and we know that it is profitable for us and a blessing and a benefit for us as we do that. So grab one of those open lines at 303-690-3000. I'll repeat that number throughout the program. I would encourage you to get it in your contacts if you're a regular listener to Calvary Live. And I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners all along the front range down in southern Colorado. Welcome. And uh, we are so glad that you've joined us on 101.7 down there in Pueblo and Fountain and parts of Colorado Springs. And then in northern Colorado from Castle Rock and Parker on up through the metro area in the Front Range up in the southern Wyoming, even into the panhandle of Nebraska and a powerful signal out here in northeast Colorado out to Marino and uh, Brush and uh, out to Fort Morgan. Welcome. Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air. Also want to welcome all those who have joined us on the East Coast on Hope FM and Truth FM and parts of Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Maryland and, and Kentucky and North Carolina. We want to welcome you as uh, on uh, the program and we uh, invite you to call in at 303-690-3000. That number will work anywhere in the United States because I know that we have online listeners as well, and that audience is growing. we got people from all over the nation that are listening. we even got people that are listening online in different parts of the world. So, so blessed you can join us. Uh, I just pray and hope that uh, I can be a blessing to you and encourage you and uh, as we commit these things to the Lord 
and go to the Word of God. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. Just want to remind you who are listening on uh, those uh, stations on the East Coast uh, that you are week delayed in broadcasting. Uh, it, it is um, a, you know, a week delayed, So, but you get to call, and then you get to listen uh, next week to the conversation. There is a second means for you to be able to uh, ask a question or give a prayer request, and that is 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated text line, and so we invite you to text in a question or a prayer request, 720-336-0897. So we're waiting for the phone lines to ring. Again, I would encourage you, grab one of those open lines early, and uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of God as you are tuned in to Calvary Live. I wanted to, while we got a minute, I want to remind those up in northern Colorado and in the Greeley area that we will be continuing in our Revelation study uh, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock here at Calvary Chapel. It's been an incredible study that we've been embarked in in the book of Revelation. And a lot of Christians haven't studied the book of Revelation because they think they can't understand it or um, it's too symbolic or it's just allegories or whatever it may be. And so it is a book to um, understand. It is a book that there is a special blessing that is attached to uh, the book of Revelation to those who hear these words, uh, those who uh, read the words and keep these words in the book of Revelation, and it is a book to be studied and understood, and what a great encouragement it has been uh, to go through the book of Revelation. Tomorrow night, we'll be in chapter 17, as we're going to talk about uh, mystery Babylon, false uh, religious system that will be on the scene in the last days, supported by the Antichrist initially, but then uh, will be destroyed by the Antichrist. And I think that we are seeing the rumblings of a a worldwide false church even today. And so we're going to talk about those things. Very important for us to understand uh, as we go through Revelation chapter 17. So we invite you to come out. 7 o'clock is the Bible study. We have a place for all the kids, children's ministry and nursery, and for the youth, middle schoolers, high schoolers. Come join us. Love to have you come out for our Bible study. So give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's go to the Word of God together. Uh, We are going to go to Patrick in Denver. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? Beautiful. Thank you. Good. You got a question for me? My question was... um, I was stopped in Home Depot by some two gentlemen, and one one was saying that if I studied the Bible, and I said every day, he said, you've heard of God, the Holy Spirit, and you've heard of God, the Son, but have you ever heard of God, the Mother? And I'm like, no. And he said, yeah, like in Genesis, it shows that he says God created them in in our image. And, And I said, yeah, that's Elohim. That's the three, God the Father, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. He goes, no, it's just a mother. And then he yeah. said that God, Jesus would have a bride, and I told him that was the church. And then he said that no, that's the um, the church is on in in on earth when he's having the bride is uh, wedding in heaven. Yeah. So I'm just calling to see if there's any truth to that mother thing or yeah. what, because I've never heard that. 
who you're talking to is those of the World Mission Society Church of God. And what they do is they will come and approach you in like Home Depot, Walmart, Starbucks, Target, places like that. They're very aggressive. And one of the things that they'll bring up is, have you heard of the Heavenly Mother? That is a uh, something that is really the basis of their their faith. They are uh, a group that was founded by a man in South Korea, actually in the early 60s. And um, they what they they believe is God the Mother stands by and prays for us whenever we face hardships. I don't know if they've made reference to you out of Revelation chapter 21, verse 2. Yes. Uh, yeah, they'll do that. This, and they'll say, see, this is speaking of, you know, the Heavenly Mother. Um, and really, uh, they'll say it describes beautifully adorned bride and in all of this. And it's talking about the New Jerusalem. Um, they are a cult. They do false, they, you know, have false teaching. And it's heresy what it is. It's really the teaching is uh, uh, modelism is what they follow. Um, and so they uh, say there's God the Mother. Uh, there's other things that they believe uh, that Jehovah is the Father, Jesus is the Son, and their leader who founded it, Ah Sang Hong in South Korea, is the Holy Spirit. And, and so they really start to get strange um, when you get past the, the Heavenly Mother. Uh, scripture does not support what they say whatsoever, and uh-huh. so it's, it's a false uh, church. It's a false um, teaching that they give. Um, they're very legalistic as well. Uh, I believe that uh, we've had people come here that came out of there uh, that uh, you have to worship on the Sabbath. You have to have, you know, head coverings. They claim salvation is in the name of Asong Hong, um, things like that. So there's a lot of problems with those uh, that church. And so um, they're very aggressive, though, and they're all over the place. So stay away. They're a false church. So as I as I left home people, I couldn't help but thinking about how the the Bible states that there will be many scoffers in the end times. Is that and I kind of is that a scoffer or are they scoffers or they're just a false religion? Or? Yeah, um, you know the Bible doesn't teach the existence of a heavenly mother. No, uh, we know that. Um, other things that um, has come out from their leaders and. Um, stuff that is not biblical. Here's the thing that the Bible says, that there will be many false prophets and teachers on the scene in the last days. We know that John gave a warning to the church in 1 John chapter 4 that you are to test the spirits to see if they are God, because many false teachers have gone out into the world. And the way to test the false teachers is, uh, is in the false spirits is through the Word of God. It's not by experience. Uh, it's not by miracles it's by the word of god and so that's why it's important for us to be students of the word of god that's how we test the spirits paul uh was you know writing to timothy in first timothy chapter four and he says that the spirit expressly says that in the latter time some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons so there is more and more uh, voices that are out there 
that are speaking falsely. And what happens is, is these groups sound very confident. They'll twist the scriptures. They'll approach you, you know, when you're just shopping, like at Walmart and stuff, you're not really ready for it. It catches you off guard. And they sound very confident in what they say. call me brother. Come on. I have a customer. Yeah. So here's the thing. That's why it's important for us to be students of the Word of God, because people ask me about a lot of different groups, or have you heard of this guy or whatever. One of the things that in the FBI or, you know, those who um, are bankers, one of the ways that they can uh, tell a false counterfeit money, whether it's false uh, art or, you know, something that is of counterfeit, is they study Uh the real thing. And that's what you and I are to do, study the Word of God. So when these things come up, just as you had a check in your spirit that this isn't right, there is no Heavenly Mother that's spoken of in the Scriptures. We are the Bride of Christ, and it is speaking about the New Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 21. It's very clear. So continue to study the Scriptures, and, um, and you know that's what's going to keep us safe, and there's safety, security in knowing God's Word and uh, it's very important. And I've always said this before, Patrick, to my congregation. I repeat it. If we don't know the Scriptures, in, and if you don't know the Scriptures, there's going to be deception that will come into your life because there's too many voices that are out there. So it's very, very important that we're students of the Word, that we have godly wisdom, and that we're testing the spirits to see if they are of God. Does that help, Patrick? Beautiful. Thank you, Pastor. You bet. God bless you. Bless you, too. You bet. All right, when somebody hangs up, there's an open line, so 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Biggs. I can't express enough, folks, how imperative it is that we be students of the Word of God because so many things are blowing into the church, so many voices and groups like this, uh, the this group of the uh, World Mission Society Church of God that will come in and they'll twist the scriptures and with their strange doctrine, and we need to know the truth and be able to warn people. We need to be able to warn our children, and there's just too many voices that are out there today that will bring you know deception and that which is false, and we are warned. You know, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, you do well in verse 6 of that chapter if you instruct the brethren in these things. You're a good minister of Jesus Christ, and so we need to instruct you know, each other on uh, the deception that's out there and to know that in the latter times uh, that some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. In his second letter to Timothy, he would say that evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse. And there's going to come a time in the very last days in that tribulation period where the whole world's going to be given over to deception and um, and lawlessness and turn to the one uh, who is called the Antichrist, that will fool uh, the whole world. So very important that we're wise in the days in which we're living in. Hey, I'd love to see you give me a call, 303-690-3000. That text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jerry in New Jersey. Hi, Jerry. Jerry, you're on Calvary Live. Are you there, Jerry? Okay. Um, we have a question. Jerry, I'd love to talk to you more about it. Uh, why did God not forgive Moses and allow him into the promised land? 
And we know that Moses struck the rock. And, and Moses uh, would experience the consequences of misrepresenting the Lord. Um, he would be forgiven, just as David was forgiven of his sin. But there's consequences that happen in sin. And, and the people were uh, hungry. And uh, here it is towards the end of the 40 years. And we know that uh, they asked for water. And um, Moses was told to, to um, you know, strike the rock, uh, or to speak to the rock, that is. And what he did is he took a staff and he struck the rock twice. And then he yelled at the people and said, Must I fetch water for you, you know, you rebels? Uh, and that's in Numbers chapter 20, his heir at Kadesh. And the Lord would have a little talk with Moses and say, that, that Moses, come here, you misrepresented me. Um, you misrepresented me. I'm not angry at the people. I told you to speak to the rock. You took your staff, and you hit the rock. Uh, you struck it twice. And, and sometimes I think, you know, that was, when you initially read it, was a little harsh, because I think if I was with, you know, two and a half million people who complained and murmured a lot of that time in 40 years out in the wilderness— um, you can understand. Here is Moses, who's the most humble man on the face of the earth. He he is like I've had enough, and um, and he struck the rock. But what he did was he misrepresented the Lord, and that's why uh, it was a serious error. And because you have done that, Moses, you will not enter into the promised land. And and so we can think that's harsh, but it's very important that we don't misrepresent the the Lord. Initially, he was told to strike the rock, and then he was speak to the rock. And that rock is uh, symbolic. It pictures, uh, it points to Jesus Christ, who was struck once and for all for our sins. He died on that cross once and for all for our sins. And then now we speak to him. And so Moses, uh, because of, of this error of misrepresenting me, you are not going to go into the promised land. But here's the thing, Jerry, if you're, if you're listening, you get to listen to this conversation next week out east in, in New Jersey, or maybe you're listening online right now, is that we still see God's grace. God snuck them in. He snuck them into the promised land up there on the Mount of Transfiguration. Who was up there? Elijah and Moses. And so I like to point that out. And and then also he was able to see the promised land from Mount Nebo, which is right across uh, the Jordan River, the the Dead Sea area, and I've been on Mount Nebo, and you can see all you know uh, across the Jordan Valley up towards Jerusalem. But the Lord showed His grace, so He misrepresented the Lord in that. Hey, love to talk to you. We have open lines, I believe. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call to be on the air. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. I'd love to answer your questions or take your prayer requests. We also have a dedicated text line, and that is 720-336-0897. And while we're waiting for uh, the uh, phones to ring once again, and uh, I want to encourage you, if you, you got a chance, maybe you're at home getting a snack for the kids, maybe you are uh, taking a walk, uh, maybe you're watching ball practice uh, right now. If you have an opportunity to call, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and answer your questions, and also to give your uh, to uh, give those uh, to pray with you as you give prayer requests. There's a text uh, question that just come in, 
And it says, why is there an importance on Israel in some churches since the Jews don't believe in Jesus? And that's a very good question. And the reason is, uh, first of all, Paul would emphasize in the book of Romans that uh, we have benefited as he is writing to the church. He's writing to the Gentile Christians. And he's saying to them that, you know, we uh, have benefited because of them. We, we, um, as he expresses, um, just uh, great sorrow for them because they haven't come to faith in Jesus Christ. But he says that, you know, they obtained the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises. Um, And uh, so there is, you know, that heritage that is there. We owe a great deal of gratitude to them uh, because of um, that connection that we have in the Old Testament to them. But the reason why Israel today is of importance, I think two answers that I'd like to give. One is, is that there was a promise in God's word that he would bring the Jews back into the land and they would come from back from uh, being dispersed from all the nations. Jesus talked about that in the Olivet Discourse in Luke's Gospel. And we've seen that come to pass. And there's going to be an ultimate gathering of the Jews at the end of the tribulation period. So we see that it's important prophetically that they are coming back into the land, and then God has a plan for them. He's not through with them. And that's what Paul discusses in the book of Romans. As he says, as God, you know, um, cast away his people, he says, certainly not. He still has a plan for them, and we know that uh, he is uh, going to be working. They are the epicenter of Bible prophecy right now. As Jesus said, when you see the budding of the fig tree, you know that summer is near, and my coming is near. So there's a significance in Israel today in that, that it started when they came back as a nation, it fulfilled prophecy that shows that God's word is true and his promises are true. Uh, they would come back from the captivity and, and from being dispersed from uh, all the nations. Second of all, uh, that it started the end time uh, clock uh, as uh, we know that we're in the last days, that's the super sign that we're in the last days, that Israel has become a nation again. And then a lot of end-time prophecy, they are the the central point, the, the epicenter of Bible prophecy um, concerning the last days, and that's very, very clear. So that's why there's an importance uh, in Israel um, and watching Israel and God has a plan for them that they will come to salvation. Paul says at that time when their eyes are opened up, Zechariah writes about it, that uh, they will say, as they mourn for him whom they pierce, where did you get those wounds? And he will say, I got those wounds in the house of my friends. Jesus himself, when he wept over Jerusalem, said that your house is left to you desolate, but you won't see me anymore until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So very significant what's going on in Israel. Amazing how God is going to be preparing them uh, for their eyes to be open for national restoration that will take place. So that's why we watch Israel. And a lot of the events of the end time um, cannot take place until Israel was back into the land and uh, established as a nation once again. And so, you know, we see the prophecies of Ezekiel 38, 39 ahead, the temple being built, all these things uh, centers around Israel being a nation once again. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the number uh, to uh, call to be on the uh, air. And let's go to Michelle in Denver. Hi, Michelle. Hi, can you hear me? 
I can hear you. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Awesome. So I have a bit of a question, or maybe this is more of a conversation um, to have, mm-hmm. but you tell me. I am a person okay, of color. Okay, Michelle, you just you just broke up a little bit, so go ahead and speak, and I'll try to follow you as much as I can, all right? All right, good. You let me know. Um, okay. So like I was saying, I don't know if this is more of a question or of a conversation, but uh, I've been noticing a lot of misrepresentation. I would say the imagery that sometimes the church represents of, you know, uh, Jesus and Virgin Mary and the Apostles, in the sense that they don't represent that they were people of color. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like now as a nation, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of tension. You know, there's a lot of discrimination and racism that is still happening, even though it's 2019. Um, so, how would you go on about you know talking to your church and you know trying to represent? a little bit more of what those people used to be or they would have looked like considering the region where they were from. I think that... Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. And, you know, I think I got the gist of of what you're asking, which is when we go through the scriptures, Michelle, one of the things that, you know, Jesus was Jewish and um, he came from the tribe of of Judah. And so there's a lot of, there's cultural um, implications there as we go through the scriptures um, and we talk about those things. So we understand what is being said. Uh, the implications of scripture is very important. And then also, you know, just kind of what you're talking about um, is Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And one of the things that I love about the gospel is, is that it's for every nation, every tongues, peoples, and tribes. And we see the church there in the book of Revelation that is singing, we've been redeemed um, by your blood, represented. And, and so the gospel is for everyone and for every generation, because not only is it um, in different ethnic groups, Michelle, but the discussion can be what about uh, those who are older versus those who are younger? Um, right. You know, the older generation versus the younger generation, because the younger generation is the millennials, you know, uh, the older generation can look down on them. And here's the thing, the church is um, is made up of every ethnic group, every generation, that's very important for us to understand, to be loving each other, reaching out to each other, uh, because we, you know, here at Calvary Chapel, we have older people, we have younger people, we have Hispanics, we have, you know, uh, Caucasian, we have Native Americans. We have people from all different backgrounds and different experiences. There can be sometimes separation just in economic status. Um, right. and things like that. There's all kinds of things that can divide us. And as you said, we live in a nation that's very much divided. But one of the things I always try to emphasize is we got one thing in common, and that is Jesus Christ. We love him. And he's the one that brings us together. And we are one body, and and we are, you know, belong to a kingdom. Our citizenship is in heaven. 
And that's what brings us together. And I think that needs to be the emphasis. Um, right. You know, even, so, even go ahead, so, go ahead, Michelle. Do you find it appropriate for their, maybe misrepresentation is the wrong, the wrong word, um, but do you find it appropriate that, you know, they're being polarized uh, to look at different people to fit all ethnicities? Do you think that that is appropriate? And maybe that's not something that we should stress, up, um, stress out about. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Say that again, because you get a little broken up. Sorry about that. Um, no, you're okay, Michelle. You, and then, and then, what you're going to do is you're going to hear the music, and we'll continue the discussion after the music. Because I want to be able to answer your question and and uh, give oh. you some good feedback on this. So, I okay, Mich- hey, Michelle, do you hear the music? Yep. <laughs> that means we're going to go to a break. So I want you to hold on. Let's pick this up after the break. We'll be back in about two minutes. And I know there's a couple other people on the line if they'll hold. But we'll talk about it for a couple minutes and we'll continue with the show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I'm Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley with you, and uh, we're having a great, great show. And I was talking with Michelle before the break. Michelle had a question about, you know, maybe misrepresentation of Jesus and um, that can be... Uh, in the church and um, kind of that discussion. Michelle, you're asking me something right before the break. You want to repeat that and we'll continue our discussion. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I, I kind of just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, is the different representations of, of Jesus and, you know, um, kind of like the, the imagery that is being used of the churches right now, uh, whether it be like a Christian church or a Catholic church, um, should we be okay with just the different representations, whether that be uh, white Jesus or Caucasian Jesus or black Jesus? Um, you know, do you feel like that is something that should be allowed us to represent all the, you know, different ethnicities? Or do you feel as we should stay to what, like, the closest to reality I'm, I'm I'm yeah, I, and I know what you're saying, Michelle, because, um, you know, he was Jewish, and he was a Jewish man, and and sometimes we get the pictures here of, you know, Jesus, um, you know, blonde-haired, blue eyes. Well, I doubt very much he was blonde-haired, blue eyes, and, you know, um, you know, handsome-looking. We don't know what Jesus looked like physically. Um, we do know that he was Jewish, that there was no— um, attraction to him, that we should desire him, is what Isaiah says. There's no Mm -hmm. physical description of Jesus. Um, It's interesting, he probably looked older than he really was, because the the religious leaders in a confrontation with him said, but you're not but 50 years old. This is when Jesus is in his early 30s. He probably had rough hands of being um, a carpenter. You know, um, he, he, he didn't have a halo. He didn't wasn't glowing in the dark. He was a Jewish man. But here's the thing, too, 
is that sometimes, for example, Michelle, I was in um, in South Sudan, and the church there, and the kids in the Sunday school rooms had paintings, and they painted black Jesus and and little you know uh, black apostles. That was their mm-hmm. understanding at that point, and it, it it was you know looking at that. Um, that's what they understood. Matter of fact, some of them, we were in, in such a remote part of South Sudan um, that uh, that some of the kids that came, we were the first white people that they saw, and they thought we were ghosts. <laughs> and they did. They, they were afraid of us. And then, you know, over time, when they kind of got used to us a little bit, yeah. they would come up and they would rub our skin because they thought the white would come off. But right. well, they didn't. They did. Yeah, they didn't know. They they hadn't known anything else. So mm-hmm. in those instances, what they know is Jesus, you know, loves them and died for them on the cross. Whether they have a black Jesus on the wall, you know, would I go in there and say, "Well, that isn't right"? I, of course not. I wouldn't do that. And mm-hmm. and so I I think that we do want to have a proper perspective of his culture and heritage and he was a jewish man but mm-hmm. you know to to them that's okay you know and the, the apostles were were black and and they were the cutest little drawings that they did but of as course. long as we we get the the truth of jesus christ and what he did for us and i think sometimes you know the other side of the spectrum what you're bringing up is you know sometimes we think that you know god or Jesus is a Republican. You know, we're going to hear a lot about that. And he's not a Democrat, or he's an American. He's not an American. He's not a Republican. Um, He is God Almighty. And that's what we need to remember. And I think that's what's important. What would you suggest to go on about? Because I've heard a lot of that. Um, A lot of, you know, Oh, Jesus was white, and and yes, I do hear that he is from certain political parties. Um, so, how would you go on about seeing, you know, go, rude and maybe educate these people um, a little better? How would you start a conversation uh, when they're making comments like this? You know, it was in um, John chapter twelve that there was the Greeks. Certain Greeks came to to Jerusalem during the feast, during the last days that Jesus was there. They said, "We wish to see Jesus." And the Greeks came to Passover as well because they believed in many gods. And there's a point that I'm making in this. They Uh believed that greater the temple, and the temple was magnificent at that time. Greater the temple, greater the God. So they would come to see the magnificent temple that Herod had remodeled. So they Uh said, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew. Andrew told Philip. They told Jesus and Jesus said, most assuredly, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. And you, 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 know, you listen to that and think, what is he saying there? What he's saying to these guys, if you really want to see me, then see me in light of my death and my burial and my resurrection. And that's where we need to present Jesus. In the life is death and burial and resurrection. That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God incarnate, came and died for our sins on that cross. He was buried and he rose again. And it was Paul the Apostle, when he came into Corinth, he said, I come preaching nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
We need to keep the focus on Jesus, the Son of God who died for our sins, Jesus Christ and him crucified, the one who claimed that I am the resurrection and the life. And, and I think that needs to keep, you know, keep the main focus. And, um, right. and that's, that's a simple answer for you. Um, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And the one who's going to come back in glory and uh, is going to establish his kingdom. And uh, the man's kingdoms are going to come to an end. Good thoughts, Michelle. Good thinking there. Yeah. Thank you so much. God, you bet. God bless you. Keep God studying Jesus. Keep, keep giving them Jesus. So, all right, Michelle, thank you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Brandon in Florida. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for holding. Where in Florida are you? Uh, currently, I'm somewhere south of Jackson, but I'm making my way up towards Atlanta, Georgia tonight. Oh, great. Thanks for calling in. and appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, so there's been some uh, question around my church, and uh, after reading scriptures, I think I have the right of it, but I'm not 100%. So I kind of want to run by you. Um, so I guess it's like a question kind of asking to see if I'm right or not. So it is. Okay. Uh, so concerning people who die uh, and go to the afterlife, um, if, if I understand right, before the crucifixion, everyone, righteous and unrighteous alike, went down to the grave. The righteous went to what was considered Abraham's bosom. The unrighteous went basically to the darker side of it. Um, then after the crucifixion, heaven was opened, and believers, not the righteous, not all the righteous from before, but from that time on, believers then would go to heaven, and the and non-believers and all the unrighteous would stay on the, in the grave, which, if I understand right, is still here. And then um, after the the was after the seven years tribulation. Um, and after Jesus comes back to earth, the first two people to actually go to hell will be the false prophets and the Antichrist. And then, if I understand right, after that, after the, the thousand years and the final judgment, um, after uh, Satan allowed to do his thing one last time, and we're before the, the final, ju- uh, the final uh, judgment seat, then the grave gives up, if I remember reading in Revelation, the grave and the sea gives in Hades, gives up all the dead. The righteous and the unrighteous are judged. Um, and the devil and the unrighteous and all those who didn't believe are cast into actual hell along with the false prophet and the Antichrist. And the righteous people like Abraham, uh, Moses, Noah, etc., um, and all the believers are caught up, well, not quite to heaven, because at that point, then, everyone from heaven then goes to live on the new world in the new Jerusalem. Do I kind yeah. of have the right of it, or am I way off? Yeah, you do. No, you're not way off. You uh, Just a couple things maybe to clarify and just help you through this, because it deals with the resurrection, and Paul, when he writes about the resurrection, talks about everyone will be resurrected in their own order, Jesus, of course, being the first fruits. But he told that story, as you know, in Luke chapter 16, I think you're making reference to it, where he tells the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And they both died. They went into what's called Hades. 
and it was in two compartments. There was Abraham's bosom, where Lazarus was, and then there's the the adobe, the unrighteous, uh, where they were, um, and that was where the rich man was. He calls the, there's a chasm between them when Jesus tells that story in Luke chapter 16, and it is the rich man looks over into Abraham's bosom or paradise, and and says, hey, can Lazarus come over, dip his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I'm in torment in this flame. Abraham says, no, it's not going to happen. We can't cross. There's a large chasm, and so forth. So um, before the cross, as you mentioned, because Jesus hadn't died for since once and for all, the Old Testament sacrifices was just a covering for sin, a kofar, until Jesus Christ came and died for our sins once and for all, that they would, those who uh, look forward to the cross in faith, because remember that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, that those who look forward to the coming Messiah, they would go down into Abraham's bosom. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, before the sun has set, you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus would, uh, if you would, escort the thief down into Abraham's bosom. He led captivity free. And so as he would present his blood to uh, the, the temple there in heaven, uh, his sacrifice uh, would take away sin once and for all. So that chamber has been empty. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says, Now for a believer to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So a believer today on this side of the cross, as we look back to the cross, that we go home to be with the Lord. Now our body gets put in the grave. A week ago today, I did a funeral. And at the graveside, this this man was a believer. He was an incredible man of faith. Um, and he uh, was just a neat, neat brother. He passed away. He went to be with the Lord. But... His body was put into the ground, and then at the time of the resurrection, he'll that that body will be resurrected to where we get new heavenly bodies. Okay, so but right now he's with the Lord. So fast forward as you're mentioning about the Book of Revelation, when Jesus Christ comes back, I believe that we will be raptured before the tribulation period, and we'll have new heavenly bodies. We'll be with the Lord. And then at the end of the tribulation, we come back with Jesus. So the rapture of the church is when he comes for his church. The second coming is when he comes back with his church. We'll come back, and as you made reference, then what we're going to see is the beast was captured with him, the false prophet, and they were cast into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Satan is going to be bound up. He's going to be thrown into the bottomless pit or the abuso, the abyss, for a thousand years. Then he is going to be released, and then uh, for a short time, the leader rebellion at the end of the millennium reign, and then he is going to be, um, you know, cast into the lake of fire at that point. At the end of the millennium reign, the, the heavens and the earth that we now know are going to go up in a fervent heat, as Peter writes. They're going to melt away, as John says, and then there's the great white throne judgment, and those who were in the part of where um, the rich man was, the the part of the unrighteous dead, 
they will be resurrected before the heavens and the earth melt away. They will stand at the great white throne judgment. It's called the second death or the second resurrection. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, believers, we will not stand at the great white throne judgment. We are going to stand, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Romans chapter 14, that we will stand at the judgment seat of Christ, but we stand at the beam of reward seat of Jesus Christ. Those who stand at the great white throne judgment are going to be judged for their works. You don't want to be judged for your works because you'll be found guilty. We are going to be judged for what we've done in the body, whether good or bad, and what we have done for Christ. Jesus took the wrath for us, so we're not going to be judged for our sins, in other words. Uh, those at the great white throne judgment that are going to stand there and say, I was a good person, you know, um, they're going to be found guilty because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So does that help out? Yeah, yeah. Um, so one last thing I want to clarify then. Um, so then, well, I guess actually uh, two parts of things. So first off, when uh, Paul wrote that he descended and then set the captives free, so I was referring not that wasn't just referring to us who were slaves to sin, but that also could have referred to those who were in Abraham's bosom, correct? Okay, ask that once again. I didn't quite get that. Okay, sorry about that. Um, no, you're good. So, is that a Paul or was, I think it was uh, Paul in Romans, but maybe in Hebrews. But when it talks about how when Jesus Christ died, he descended into hell and set the captives free, um, so that's yeah. referring to the people who were in Abraham's bosom. Yes. Yeah, okay. and he writes that in the book of Ephesians. So Ephesians. what he does... Oh, I get them all. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, keep studying. You'll get them straight. But, yeah, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And, and now okay. he ascended. What does it mean that also the first descended into the lower parts of the earth? So he went down, said, hey... This is what I've done. I've died for your sins. And then he would leave uh, captivity free. Um, When I said that those who stand at the great white throne judgment will be judged for their works. See, we're not saved by works. And I just want to clarify. um, And and anyone who thinks that they can earn their way to heaven, we can't. We, We come by faith alone. So that is very, very clear in the New Testament. Those who think that they can get in on their own righteousness, they will not be able to. When we stand at the great white, or excuse me, as believers at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ, we will be rewarded for what we have done for Christ. Again, not, you know, judged according to our sins. We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot work for our salvation. But what we have done for for Christ is it's important for us to understand that, um, you know, it will be all tried by fire, wood, hay, and stubble, or likened to precious metals. So a lot going on um, when it comes to, you know, the different resurrections and and what's going to take place. But the bottom line is coming to Christ to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. All right, yeah. Brandon? Good, yes, good. Yeah, keep studying. You're, keep studying the Word of God. You're there, so... Thanks. All right. Well, you have yourself a blessed day, Pastor Big. Okay. All right. You drive safe, okay? I will, sir. Thank you. You bet. Okay. Absolutely. Hey, we have Jerry from Littleton. He's been holding. Jerry? Hi. Hi, Pastor. Hey, thank you for holding. 
No problem. Thank you for answering my call. You bet. Absolutely. Uh, I just need a prayer. Um, I have a friend in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we, he has two kids, uh, seven and five and a half. And uh, I just found I just found out that uh, his five and a half year old son just passed away. He have heart problem, oh. and uh, he's going through a tough time. And uh, I have also a five and a half and two two and a half years old kid. I don't I can only imagine. I just need yeah. a prayer for my friend and Absolutely. for myself. Absolutely, and let's pray, Father. We pray for. Jerry has a friend that just lost um, his five-and-a-half-year-old son in Atlanta. How, how difficult, um, the sorrow and the pain that he's feeling right now. And so, Lord, we just pray for your comfort. Um, we pray for your strength. And, Lord, we just pray for his friend who, who right now is experiencing great loss and pain. And, Lord, we just pray for that comfort. Um, so, Lord, I just pray that you would um, minister, show yourself strong, that there be others around, not only um, Jerry, who's in Littleton, who's a long ways away, but there be those in Atlanta, maybe brothers and sisters, a, a church, a pastor that can minister during this time. And, Lord, that, um, Lord, we thank you that the children belong to you and that he would hang on to that living hope and, Lord, that we have in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, work. Um, Lord, um, may he perceive your presence. Um, may you just um, be with him during this time of pain. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. All right, Jerry. We'll be praying, okay? Thank you. So sorry for your friend's loss. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. If you want to shoot a quick text, you can do that at 720-336-0897. But let's go to Dave in Inglewood. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Dave. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I have a question I hope you can help me with. I know uh, in the Bible it says that to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. But in the rapture, it talks about um, those who are asleep will rise first, and uh, those who are being raptured will be, uh, you know, join them in the air. Who are they talking about when they talk about the ones who are asleep? Because if you're, I always thought being asleep was a reference to, to being dead. If you're dead, wouldn't you be present with Christ? Right. Yeah, it's a good question. And I think the thing to remember is that the resurrection, and Paul's talking about that because you made reference to Second Corinthians chapter 5, to yep. be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And and then Paul talks about the rapture of the church or the resurrection. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. And you're mm-hmm. right, that is a term for death, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. So sometimes people that will take, and you know, there are some groups that have made a doctrine of soul sleep, that when we right. die, we actually go into soul sleep. When Paul talks about the resurrection, here's the thing. Our bodies sleep, but not our soul, not our spirit, okay? So okay. I was talking to a caller earlier. I, I did a, um, 
a funeral last week. And uh-huh. this man was um, a believer, a strong believer in Jesus Christ. We went out to the cemetery, and we, you know, said our goodbyes, and his body in a coffin was lowered in the earth. So his body is sleeping until the rapture of the church or the resurrection. So at that point, he says, for to learn himself with the sin from heaven, with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. And, you know, the dead in Christ will rise first. Their bodies will be risen. And then we hear life shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet him. So it's going to happen instantaneously. But there, you know, the graves are going to be opened up. They're going to be resurrected. Uh, Paul continues that discussion uh, of the resurrection after he spends that long chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He said that we won't be found naked. So the question is, is it just our spirit up in heaven right now? Or, or you know, our spirit or soul? Um, yeah. Is there a temporary body? Um, we don't know. But we do know that it it isn't like you get... It's our, what is uh, corruptible is going to be incorruptible. What is mortal is going to be immortal. So our bodies, our actual bodies that are asleep, are actually going to become new heavenly bodies. So the resurrection is talking about eternal life with a new heavenly body. So um, it isn't like, um, you know, I have an old car, I'm going to junk it, and I go out and get a brand new car. It's like, you know, our bodies are going to be resurrected. I don't fully understand it all. And he says, For this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed we've been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Now, there are some who say that, do we get a temporary body? I don't know. There's no indication of that. But the important, important thing is to know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There are those that get in all kinds of theories about time, space, continuum, you know, all this other stuff. Um, you know, a, a day is about a thousand years to the Lord, a thousand years but a day. That when we right. go to heaven, you know, it, it's all this different stuff. But we do know we'll get new heavenly bodies. So when it's talking about sleep, it's those who are dead. Our bodies will sleep, but not our souls and our spirit. And I think. People get confused about that because of the doctrine of soul sleep. There is no soul sleep in the scriptures. Um, right. You, you so know, basically, the, your, body, your body lays at rest, and then it, it, when the yeah. resurrection comes, you'll, you'll be given a, a new body. That body will resurrect, right. and, uh, um, and then we'll have an, it, it'll be that which is corruptible, incorruptible, mortal, immortal, will be from a celestial heaven or body to terrestrial body, I mean, to a celestial body, a heavenly body. And Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 15. There's heavenly bodies, there's earthly bodies, but they won't wear out. You know, I was thinking about this. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, um, Dave, was I think we're all going to be 30 years old when we get to heaven. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to anticipation (laughs) of having a new body. The older I get, it seems the more I I know. I anticipate it. Yeah, and the more I groan. But, you know, Jesus (laughs) was 30 when when he started his ministry. David was 30 when he started to, you know, his his, to be king. The priests were 30 when they started their ministry. So I think, hey, we'll probably all be about 30 years old. But, you know, time is different. And, you know, no more tears, no more disease, sickness. 
we will recognize each other. The scriptures very, I think, very clear about that. First Corinthians thirteen. We were talking today on the show earlier about, um, you know, uh, it was the rich man that recognized Abraham and Lazarus. Yeah. So we're going to recognize each other, and uh, and it's going to be wonderful. And I, you know, I can't wait till we're all together, all because of what Jesus Christ and because He rose from the grave. We have that promise to the resurrection. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank Good you very question. much. I, I just know how to answer that, and that kind of helped clear it up for me. Thank you. You bet, Dave. God bless you. As you, you as well. Bye. Bye bye. Hey, we're getting to the end of the show. Very good questions. You know, I really would commend you guys and that you guys are studying the scriptures and, you know, um, these things. Um, uh, as you ask questions, it, it just blesses me that you're reading your Bibles. Continue to read your Bibles. Continue in devotions every day. I always say to my congregation, read your Bible every single day and and be in church, be in Bible study. Uh, be in a church that is teaching the Bible and good Bible study and um, and um, is true to the Scriptures because it's so important. We got God's Word. Um, make it something that is a priority in your life. And to be able to pass that along to your kids, to your grandkids, um, I, I think that there's been a diminish in a lot of the church and in ministries on the importance of studying God's Word. So I'm so grateful to be a part of this show to where we can go to the Word of God, uh, we can get clarity and understanding, uh, the teaching of the Word of God on Grace FM. And if those of you on the East Coast and your syndicated uh, stations, support local radio uh, because it is so needed. Hey, thank you, everybody. God bless you. Looking forward to talking to you next time as uh, Calvary Live will be back at the same time tomorrow. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.